Do you wish that all things wealth and finance were much easier to understand and not presented by a bunch of beige cardigan-wearing geeks? Welcome to the Clever Investor Podcast, where we're dishing up the easiest-to-understand finance program served in bite-sized chunks, so your brain will thank you as your knowledge grows. Hosted by the brilliant Owen Taylor, a multiple award-winning expert with a glorious knack for explaining the complex world of wealth in the simplest of ways. Hey, Clever Investors, and welcome to another show. Today, we're going to talk about granny flats. So by definition, a granny flat is a self-contained housing unit that's been built on the same block as a typically a family home. It is basically a dwelling with the same amenities as the home, but in a smaller version. Now, granny flats have got to have the following facilities separate from the main house. Cooking, living, sleeping, toilet and bathroom. So obviously the toilet and the bathroom are normally combined and sometimes the living and the sleeping compartments are more of a like a studio apartment type of thing. It's one big room. They don't have to and sometimes don't have separate parking facilities. So normally uh, it's park out on the street or you might share the garage or driveway with the with the main house. Now we've seen a significant increase in the amount of granny flats that have been built uh, on Australian properties over let's say the last 20 years and there's quite a few good reasons for this actually happening. You get to convert uh, part of your backyard into uh, extra living space for um, adults, uh, your teenage children and with the rising cost of uh, your kids buying property in Australia this can be a good thing. They can sort of move out of home but still be close at hand. Um, You can increase some rental potential to your home as well, uh, an an additional income to the property. You could even Airbnb the property as well. It doesn't have to be, uh, you know, you put your kids in it. People think about uh, increasing the value of the property because you're adding this extra income. So somebody that maybe buys the property, owns the home, has then got this instant investment property as well. It is a good way of housing the elderly relatives, hence where the word granny flat comes from. Traditionally, it was where you sort of could keep an eye on the grandparents in their uh, older years. It also means you've got a babysitter on tap. Because the property can be regarded as an investment property, you've therefore got some tax deductions associated with sort of building and running the property. And you can use that income to help you pay off the mortgage on the main residence. What I want to take you through now, though, are just some of the mistakes that people can make when they're looking at building a granny flat or maybe even buying a property that's got one already existing. So let's go through. The number one mistake is assuming that the granny flat's going to add value to your home. Now, a granny flat could increase the value of your home, but what you've got to remember is they can cost a lot of money to build. And over the last 12 months, we've seen building costs dramatically rise in Australia. So you're probably on the average granny flat, which is around about 60 square metres in Australia, 
uh, you're probably looking at close to, if not higher than $300,000 to build this property. So it's important to understand that not everybody wants to have a granny flat in the backyard as well. It does obviously take up some of your yard there and not everybody, and myself included, I could think of nothing worse than having my tenants living right next to my property. Now, one of the other big mistakes is assuming that it's going to easily rent out. I've met plenty of people over the years that have uh, had granny flats sitting empty for quite a long time in their backyard. So whether you can rent out the granny flat really depends on where you are in Australia. Don't assume that it's automatically somebody wants to live in that. Uh, and it may be that you can only ever uh, rent it out for short periods of time. You'll need to check with your local state, territory, or even your council area as to whether you can rent your granny flat out. Don't assume that you can rent these things out. Another consideration that you've got to take on is if you're going to build your granny flat and it's actually going to have granny in there, what's going to happen to the dynamics of the family? What if the relationship breaks down? You've got to consider what could actually happen. You've spent $300,000 in on a property that uh, you've got someone living in and, uh, and, and tensions are fraying between you. So it's something to really... Uh, consider there. Now, if your primary reason as well for building a granny flat is because you want it as an investment property, you've got to weigh this up against having a standalone, the more traditional investment property and really, really crunch your numbers. As I mentioned before, it's not a cheap exercise going through building this property just because it's literally in your backyard don't think that things can be done on the, on the cheap or should be done on the cheap. I think as we've stressed in other shows before, the quality of your investment property should always be there. You should not expect that just because it's going to be a rental property that you uh, are allowed to rent anything which is substandard. Think about this as well. If it's not such a desirable place, what kind of tenant are you going to be attracting into this property? And this tenant is the one that's living right in your backyard. Now, another thing that people have done over the years with their investment properties is build a granny flat in the backyard of the investment property. Now on paper, this looks great. I've now got uh, one block of land and I've got two separate income streams from it. But what again is happening to the appeal of either property, especially the, the main house, which would be the one which is probably commanding the higher amount of rental income. Not all tenants want literally like a subtenant. They're sharing their, their backyard with somebody else who they don't get to uh, pick and choose. Another mistake I've seen people make is not actually checking on what the building permits and approvals are for the particular areas. You need to do your research before you start heading down the path. Uh, the council may approve you to allow the property to be built, but when you come to actually rent it out, or get insurance for the building too, then you may find that there's restrictions and you're stuck with this property that you can't do what you originally wanted to do with it. 
So preparation is absolutely everything. You'll need to check with your councils what the minimum land sizes are, the requirements for the setbacks from the main building as well, floor space ratios, total area covered by the two dwellings. You've got to leave a certain amount sort of open to the element. And of course, you've got to take into consideration your neighbours too. They may not want you to build this granny flat. Now, let's say that uh, you've got all the approvals, the council say you can you can do with the property what you actually want to do. Then it comes to the actual construction of the property as well. Well, don't compromise on the quality of the property. Don't look at it as a substandard property to the one that you're living in. And this is a, a big mistake I've seen people make over the years. So they'll choose a builder who's offering to build it the cheapest or they're um, trying to cut corners on the quality of the equipment that they're going to be using into the property as well. Again, don't build it as something that is substandard. When you are looking at your builders, highly recommend that you look for somebody that has built this type of property before. How you can check on what their quality and what their standards are is ask if you can go and visit some of the properties that they have built previously. Now, if they've done a fantastic job, you'll probably find that the owners of that property will very gladly be uh, showing that property off to you and you get to talk to them as well. So it's something that, again, is going to take a, a bit of organising and a bit of time, but you're going to be spending hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars and potentially it could be a big mistake. So I would recommend that you take the time to be able to examine what these people have done before. Now you also need to look at a very realistic budget. So I always recommend within any construction that you get a quantity surveyor to go through and actually cost out the job. So what a quantity surveyor's role is, is to look at the plans that you've got for the property and they'll look at what has been spec'd for the building materials and what you're actually going to use, what kind of flooring you're going to put in it, what tiles you're going to have, you know, the the joinery in the kitchen, and they will actually cost all of this stuff out. And they do, uh, and I'm not bashing builders here, but they do a lot better job than your builder just giving you a quote. That is, as you can guess, within their name, they're a quantity surveyor. They, this is what they do all day, every day. And uh, I highly recommend spending the money. Yes, it's going to cost you quite a few thousand dollars to employ someone, a quantity surveyor to do it. But I would rather spend a few thousand dollars and not go ahead with the project because it looks like it's going to be too costly or over budget than to actually start on the project and then start running out of money as you go through it. Another thing, and harking back to my financing days here, and unfortunately I have seen some horror stories from this, it's not getting the right finance for the property. I've seen a lot of people that have started off building the granny flat. Unfortunately, the budget wasn't right. They've come to me then at the last minute to try and help bail them out and get them a loan, another $50,000, $70,000 to finish off building the granny flat. When we present this to a bank, 
the bank is going to treat it like any construction loan. So there is a there is a high risk to the bank during construction process. They will want to see all the regular paperwork. They want to see all the approvals from the councils. They want to see the builder's quote. If it's a project that's halfway through, this sets off alarm bells at any bank. They don't really want to take on, you know, a potentially bad debt here. Obviously, when you've started to run out of money, it means that construction has stopped because the builder's not going to carry on unless they know they're getting any more money. So you've now got these big lemons sitting in the backyard, not not earning you any money, it's costing you money and potentially getting damaged by the weather because it's not a completed project. So again, do all the homework before you let the project start. Don't think, oh, I've got some money in my redraw and we'll just start onto this. I highly recommend that you actually go thoroughly through everything. Get your mortgage broker on board, making sure that you've got the finance or if you needed to, you can get, well, I mean, get the finance sorted at the beginning. Don't start on a wing and a prayer. Another mistake I've uh, seen as well is when I've been assessing people's financial positions and realised that they're not actually charging the right amount of rent for the property. So this is where I would um, recommend as well using a real estate agent to actually manage the property for you. I don't care that it's in your backyard. I highly recommend you have a real estate agent that uh, advertises, manages the property for you, they collect the rent. Um, Yes, you're going to be charged a management fee for it, but they're the ones that are going to be dealing with your tenants and chasing them up if uh, rent is short or if they've skipped out of the property uh, sort of uh, during the lease period. And I'd still have my tenant if, if, I ever did have a granny flat on the property, I would still have my tenant in a lease on the property too. Use a real estate agent. That's exactly what they're there for. Now, the last and possibly the biggest mistake is putting the rent money straight in your pocket and not declaring it to the ATO. This is a big fat no, no. The ATO is going to pretty much know it's not hard to hide these things that you've got a property in your backyard and if you haven't got granny in there, they pretty much know that you're going to have somebody living in there and I'm sure with a few simple checks, they could sort out if you are actually renting the property out. People that you don't want to um, annoy in your life is the um, tax department. So um, make sure you're doing everything above board. There's nothing wrong with paying tax, people. Um, And again, this could be part of the reason why you don't go ahead with building a granny flat or maybe the reason that you do go ahead with with, uh, having a granny flat. So in a simple summary, it's a very big decision to make. Should you put a granny flat or should you even buy a property with a granny flat in the backyard? I think there's a lot of industry experts that you need to speak with, part of your team, to help you make the right decision here. I would certainly be, if it's an existing property there, I'd be talking to a local real estate agent about the uh, the demand for this type of property within the area. Um, also talk to your own family uh, about whether this is the, 
the type of thing that you want. It's often compromised on the, the size and the layout of your own property as well. And then be brutally honest with yourself. Is it better for you to have a regular style of investment property which is not attached to your own family home or maybe this is the right decision for you? So just like everything, make sure you do your homework before you jump in feet first and potentially regret it. Thanks again for tuning in to the Clever Investor Podcast and I'll see you again next week. You have been listening to the Clever Investor Podcast, proudly sponsored this week by Blue Wealth Property. Are you ready to start a new investment journey? Get in touch with the industry leaders. Blue Wealth Property. Blue Wealth have a proven track record in using research to identify growth markets. And Blue Wealth have supported thousands of Australians to buy the right property in the right market at the right time. Go to bluewealth.com.au.